This is exactly right. It's mini. It's tiny. It's so tiny. It's fit in your pocket. <laughs> oh my god! What's happening? What is happening? Uh, What's happening to us? What is happening? Uh, we we read you your stuff at you. You know, mini. That's Georgia. Oh, that's Hard Star. Karen Should we do this part? Karen Kilgara dot com. Don't give out my email address. If you want to write to Georgia, it's. Com. It's uh, Georgia Hardstark at KarenKilgariff.com. <laughs> and please, please go to StephenRayMorris.gov to <laughs> vote early and often. Uh, uh, you want to go first? Let's do it. This uh, The subject line of this is nurse slash badass story. Great. Hey, pandemic pals. Aww. A few episodes ago, you guys asked for nurse mom stories. And while I'm not a mom... I am a nurse. Yeah. I work in a very busy ER in Houston. I have so many stories, but I thought you guys would appreciate this badass survivor story. Let's get into mm-hmm. it. Early one morning, a woman was brought into the trauma bay after being held hostage, raped and beat for almost two days. I can only imagine what this poor woman went through. On the second day, her attacker let her have some privacy and used the bathroom. While in the bathroom, the woman mustered up the courage to attempt to escape. She took the ceramic toilet tank lid and hid it behind her back. When her attacker opened the bathroom door, she hit him over the head with it, <gasps> knocking him unconscious. Oh, yes. My yes, God. Yes. Starting out strong. Holy so shit. Good. Mad props to the woman for having the bravery and wits to, about her to use a toilet lid as a weapon. Hell yes. She ran for her dear life, flagged down help on a nearby road and was promptly brought to RER. <sighs> a few hours later, another patient was brought into the trauma bay. This man had sustained <gasps> numerous facial fractures after being, being hit on the head with, yep, you guessed it, <gasps> a toilet lid. The attacker and the victim were in the same trauma bay and neither of them had any idea. What are the chances houston is the fourth biggest city in america and these two end up in the same er in adjacent rooms what the what the fuck fuck? (laughs) it literally says that good that's correct (laughs) this same thing happened in the uh, the british series with the hawkeye and gillian anderson oh the the the, someone the, the blank. The blank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> so many it's people are called screaming. called the Hawkeye and Alien Anderson. <laughs> the, fall. The, the Fall. The Fall. Yes, Steven. Steven gets $5. <laughs> Remember that that happened in the fall. I didn't I believe. see it. I didn't see it. He gets brought in, I'm pretty sure. And oh. you see the victim watch him get rolled in. And I was like, never. That would never <laughs> happen. Well, it did. I was wrong. Luckily, our charge nurse is amazing and put two and two together quickly. We were able to move the woman to a safe room in another part of the ER before she was further traumatized by seeing her attacker again. Mm. We obviously did not let her know that her attacker was in the same building. Can you imagine the sheer terror of escaping a brutal attack only to find out your attacker is right down the hall? Thankfully, the woman was able to be discharged home later that day and the man went to jail after we treated his injuries. Hope you guys like my survivor story as much as I 
do. Anyways, I love you guys. Your podcast has provided some much needed distraction during this pandemic. Wear your freaking masks, people. SSDGM TIFF. Amazing, amazing. When would you not listen to a nurse? Okay. <laughs> this one is called The Time My Grandma Saw the Devil. Oh, yes, and I'm not going to read you the rest of it. But okay. um, it's from our friend of the family, Celine Beth Calderon, the Ted Bundy documentary friend who was on the oh, stage. Oh, wow. Yeah. I remember. She's yeah. awesome. She's um, great. She says, hey, y'all. Since there's been a request for grandparent stories, I finally got all the information about the time my aunt and grandmother saw El Diablo walking past their home in Monterey Park, California. Ooh. In 1985, a man was terrorizing neighborhoods across Southern California and seemed to frequent the East Los Angeles area. As Georgia mentioned in her Zoot Suit Riot story, this part of Los Angeles was heavily populated by Latinos. One afternoon, my aunt and grandmother were doing some work in the garage and noticed a man walking past their house. My grandma said she froze and could feel evil radiating off of him. My aunt then looked up and felt the same feeling. She also claims a crow than cod, but lol, I'm not sure on that one. <laughs> <laughs> but clearly, the, the whole family is, has cinematic tendencies, so yeah. they know how to tell a exactly. good story. Uh, <laughs> the crow was like, man, that guy is scary. <laughs> He's creeping me out, and I'm a crow. <laughs> oh, God, right, guys? Uh, well, hold on. While they could not figure out how and why this man could give us such a bad vibe, they continued on their work. The next morning on July 7th, one street over, Joyce Nelson, who was 61, was beaten to death in her home where she lived. This was the third murder in their neighborhood in under three months. A few months later, my, in my uncle's hometown of Boyle Heights, Richard Ramirez was captured by a mob yeah. of residents on August 31st, which is today. Oh, this is the anniversary of the citizens of Boyle Heights rising up together uh -huh. and running through the streets and tackling Richard Ramirez That's right. and catching the Night Stalker themselves. On their own. Incredible. <laughs> Happy well, anniversary, Boyle Heights. That's right. Well, high my, five. Think, go high other. five a Boyle Heights resident. Um, <laughs> while my uncle wasn't part of the capture, he still remembers seeing people fleeing to the scene. Mm. I grew up always hearing the story of when my aunt and grandmother saw El Diablo, but I always thought it was actually the, the devil himself. Growing up Catholic, you know? Sure. I didn't find out it was Richard Ramirez until I told my family I would be starting a project on Ted Bundy. With blank stares and confusions, my mother responded, why would you pick him and not Richard Ramirez? <laughs> We were all scared for our lives during that time. Come to find out, Ramirez killed in almost every single neighborhood that my family members lived in at the time. From Montebello Whoa. to Mission Viejo, Whittier, Rosemead, Monterey Park, and finally ending his spree in Boyle Heights. Then I was finally given the context, the context of the Diablo story. And just recently, my aunt told me her version. So she always thought it was the devil. She didn't put she, it. I was picturing a guy walking um, with a really nice... It's maybe it's a bit werewolves of London of me, but mm -hmm. in a really nice shark skin suit, mm -hmm. but on little tiny hoof feet walking by. Kind of hot. <laughs> <laughs> My grandmother Esperanza passed away in 2005, so I was never able to hear the full story from her. But don't worry, she played a big role in my interest in true crime since she purchased those super graphic Latino magazines that would show the most obscene content on the cover. Like when oh. Selena was murdered and there was a picture of her on the autopsy table showing <gasps> the gunshot wound. No. And she says, oh, the joys of a Latinx childhood. <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, stay sexy and make sure to research your family's history with well-known serial killers before you research the wrong one. Sending lots of hugs to you all during this friend of the pod, Celine Beth Calderon. Oh, Good one, right? Celine, nice. Yeah, Celine needs to make a documentary about Richard Ramirez That's now. That's right. Dedicated to Esperanza. <laughs> That's right. Esperanza. What a great name. So good. Oh, man. That's I really I mean, I just love that story yeah. of just like they spotted him. They knew who it was. They, they were just ran like, him down. They're get like, that you, guy. You're, kill, you're killing your neighbors. Yes. You know? And terrorizing and Ugh. like old people. Yep. I mean, yep. just a horror show. Okay. <laughs> this subject line is espresso martinis and a hometown hitman. Fun. What's up, guys? As a murderino and a bartender, the recent chat about espresso martinis finally gave me an excuse to email. The general recipe has equal parts vodka, coffee, liqueur. You were right, Georgia. Yay. And a shot of espresso. Mm. They combine all the fun of being drunk with the joy of having ca ca the caffeine jitters. <laughs> they're super popular in Australia and New Zealand, so naturally the pretentious hipster bartenders think they're kind of trashy. Mm -hmm. On to my hometown. <laughs> I'm from Canberra, a city with a nationwide reputation for being boring and small. But we have some pretty cool bars. There's a popular one in the middle of the city known for its fun tropical vibes. Think tiki drinks, palm leaves, and lots of hens parties. Recently... Yes. One of my friends was working there, and instead of the usual groups of young women in cocktail dresses, the bar was filled with big, burly, middle-aged men. But hey, no judgment. Scary-looking men are allowed to enjoy some sweet, <laughs> sweet tiki drinks. Am I right? <laughs> That's hell yeah, you're right. That's right. <laughs> now everyone has to go watch the Kids in the Hall sketch Girl Drink Drunk, which is one of the funniest. Okay. Dave Foley plays a girl drink drunk where you can't stop drinking like big blue things with pineapple sticking. <laughs> it's the best. Okay. Uh, later in the night, one of the men was standing in the bar when cool, calm and collectedly another man walked up to him and stuck a knife in his throat. No scuffle, no provocation, just a straight up stabbing. The man who had been stabbed took a sip from his drink pulled the knife out of his own throat <laughs> this is so australian and walked out into the street where he died in view of nearly every single person in canberra trying to have a fun night out what? during covid needless to say oh my all, god so this just happened needless to say all hell broke loose in the bar turns out turns out all these big burly men in the tiki bar were in fact two branches of a large well-known biker gang mm. This says bikey gang, but I, I feel so. like let it, Australian <laughs> listeners, please let us know if you call biker gangs bikey gangs or if, or if they're if in like a just... tricycle. What it's like they call tricycles bikies. <laughs> there are these big burly dudes in a tricycle they're gang. Big burly uh, fourth graders. <laughs> um, the man who had very calmly cut the other man's throat was the hit man of the group. It's still a mystery as to why they went out drinking together just before a murder. Um so is why they chose to very publicly kill one of their members when usually they just quote unquote disappear. However, what we have found out is that tiki bars are a great way for gangs to launder money. Oh, oh. <laughs> tiki bar bars specifically. <laughs> I mean, those are expensive <laughs> drinks. Have you we been? Might, yeah, that's true. You're like, who's, how did you, how in God's name did you spend $680 yeah. at the tiki bar? Oh, tiki bar. Right. Okay. Yeah, all that pineapple. Thank you for the, all the quality entertainment over the years. As the only female bartender at my bar, the stories you've told have made me fiercely protective of my customers. Mm -hmm. oh. 
particularly young women. If you ever see a Canberra bartender wearing an MFM logo pin, please know that you are in safe hands and I might even buy you a drink. <gasps> Cheers, Alyssa. Oh my God. Did that get you? Yeah. That's that, so sweet. that got you in a good place? It did. I know. It's very sweet. I love that that's idea. so good. And you know what? There's this podcast out right now about this woman whose father was in like Hell's Angels. Oh. And so I'm, I've been listening and like about a lot of biker stuff. It's really good. Hold on. Let me find out. It's it called Bikey Gang? It's called the Bikey Gang. <laughs> oh, no. It's called Relative Unknown. It's good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, That was great. You had two fucking hits so far. I mean, I, I wrote them. <laughs> I'm just giving Alyssa and her friends credit. <laughs> that was great. You ready for a pervert story? Oh, I mean, it's I'm long overdue. Okay, this one's called the Kirkwood Tickler. <laughs> I'm sorry to laugh. It's not. No, in, obviously. My reaction is this nervous. It's like, it's just so bizarre. These stories yeah. do not disappoint in the bizarreness of the fact that there are these errant one-off people yeah. that are just weirdo. They're criminals, but with a big serving of weirdo. Right. Normally, we don't we don't kink shame unless hey. you're <laughs> a sexual assaulter. It, you're, yes, it, there ha it has to be consensual consensuality yeah. is the key to kink you can't right. you can't be a tickler a one-sided tickler it has it's to just be not consensual okay. swiss cheese yeah. <laughs> otherwise which does not exist <laughs> sorry okay sorry hi y'all oh boy do i have a hometown for you oh. i grew up in a town outside of boston and come from a big family of mass holes <laughs> <laughs> my older sister attended boston college the fighting eagles with their jesuit agenda and during her <laughs> junior year she decided to live off campus with some of her friends in an old house on kirkwood road from 2011 to 2013 there had been several reported break-ins in the neighborhood, including many residential homes around BC's campus. Nothing was stolen. And there were practically no traces left in any of the homes. However, in a few cases, it was reported that a dark figure was seen watching over men as they slept. Oh. In 2014, these break-ins escalated with up to five occurring in a night. With many BC students taking up residence on Kirkwood and the surrounding area, doors were frequently left unlocked. One night, many of the men living on Kirkwood, including some of my sister's neighbors and friends, reported similar break-ins, but with a twist. The shadowy figure instead stood over these men and in some cases tickled their feet. No. The criminal was then coined the Kirkwood Tickler and continued to strike across campus, targeting the feet of young men. <laughs> Uh, after my sister graduated, there were no other reported run-ins with the tickler. However, the hysteria of tickler culture shook my sister and the students living on Kirkwood. The tickler was never caught. Some say the ghost of the tickler still haunts the area. And some students report supernatural or not sightings of the tickler out of their bedroom window. <laughs> They supernatural <laughs> yeah, it's actually supernatural. a dude it couldn't be more real it could be more <laughs> human stay sexy and lock your doors julia oh my for real so that's that is like the sister perv to remember the petaluma tickler mm -hmm. that my friend audrey crandall wrote in that's is same exact thing but young girls yeah if you haven't seen the 2016 documentary tickled Oh, Which yeah. Relates to this directly. I highly and I mean, I recommend it 
it's a mind blowing documentary because it starts one spot and uh, friends of the fam, Dave Anthony and Gareth Reynolds are featured because they did this story on the dollop, yeah. which is a great, it's a bizarre history podcast. If you've never listened to it, um, it's very funny. So Those good. guys are great. And it's, you know, and then the stories are real. So Dave finds the most insane historical stories and then just kind of walks you through them but they are actually in this documentary mm. because they covered this story and this and this um rep- reporter who is either i think he was from new zealand mm-hmm. he went and started investigating it and unraveled a thing that was so much bigger than the original oh point of the story it's the i swear to you april richardson and i went and watched this documentary um and when it was over it was at the remember the sundance um movie theater in the on Crescent Heights. The Sunset and, um, Five? No. Yes. Yes, yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. But it but then it later became yeah. Yeah. So there was I would say altogether there was like nine people in the theater mm-hmm. to watch this documentary. And when it was over, we all turned to each other. <laughs> like the whole audience turned to each other and went, What the fuck? Like we all started talking to each other because it was so, that mind blowing and all that about like it. yeah. So if you haven't seen Tickled, it's from 2016. Highly recommend oh, that oh, documentary. It's so good. It's so funny. We did this last night too. Constantly making a list of things people watched and said they liked because Ugh. we're always looking for stuff to watch and con- so media bored. to consume. So bored. We've watched everything. Watched it all. Watched it all. Okay. Well, that's a new one. If you uh, Have you seen that documentary? Did I you watch saw it years ago. I completely forgot about it. Yeah. yeah. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com murder and here's the important note that promo code is all lowercase so go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level that's shopify.com slash murder again don't forget the code is all lowercase goodbye if you're like me you're always looking for a story to dive into whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve the key to getting hooked is the details i need rich visuals and intricate storylines and june's journey has that and more june's journey is a mobile mystery game that follows june parker a daring young woman on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder this is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as june herself Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. 
Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant, like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God, yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could, as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient, Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant-quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of Made In products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made in, made in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. Okay. Um, this last one is the uh, subject line is postal worker. Because I think we called out for yeah. if you're a postal worker, tell us weird stuff. Yeah. Hey, MFM crew. I'm a postal worker and I thought I'd share a couple of stories from the processing side. Okay. First of all, we are the biggest shipper of drugs in the country. You're welcome. <laughs> we all know those coffee beans and packages are hiding weed. Props to the ones that straight up send weed without any concealed scent. Oh, You've got some balls. My God. Oh my <laughs> people just putting putting weed in a box and putting some tape on it oh, and giving it to the mailman. Amazing. While I was a clerk, one of the funniest parts of my twelve hour day, six days a week, Oof. was when jail mail came through. Ladies, whoever is taking those pics of you is a good friend and we've seen parts of you not meant for public <gasps> viewing mm -hmm. remember not to overstuff the envelope it gets caught in the machines and your bits and pieces are out oh. there for the whole post office to see oh no so so people sending people sending in it's like hey you know you need this is what you need when you're in, inside yeah. but then if if the envelope's too thick there's too many photos in there there's just too many yeah. angles pick three of your favorite yeah um <laughs> One of the worst things to happen was when someone sent a fecal sample in an envelope and jam it jammed in my machine. No. Someone's shit was everywhere and I vomited in the trash can. What the fuck? Oh, my God. Listen, if you're mailing in your ballot this election, mail early. Don't take chances. Your new voting date is October 20th, not November 3rd. Make sure your vote gets counted. We have an election. We have election coordinators in every district in the country. We're working diligently to make sure ballots and election mail get clear every day. Go buy some sweet stamps or merch and clean off your porch, steps, sidewalk for your carrier. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought about that. That's right. There's... there's Mail carriers who have to run gauntlets of people's garbage and bullshit to get to deliver mail. I never thought about that. Stay sexy and don't forget to seal that 
envelope of naughty pics b b amazing I love what we wanted. I love it. Good inside information. So good. Love the voting info as well. Yes. Thank you so much for that. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, Okay. My last one is hero cat saves the dog. (laughs) Uh, Sup y'all. A long time ago, you asked for hero cat stories and I finally worked up the ambition to actually send this in. My in-laws moved to a, a Rocky Mountains foothill neighborhood outside of Albuquerque just over 10 years ago. The house came with a cat flap, which they assumed was for a cat the previous owners had had. Nope. Turns out the flap was installed specifically for the common cat that nobody owned, but everyone took care of. Oh. He had toys, beds, food bowls, and a different name in every house in the neighborhood. <laughs> I love those cats. Neighborhood those cats. My, tabby, right? Is it tabby it's gotta cat? be, right? Must be. My in-laws called him Meowy because he ta- he liked <laughs> to talk a lot. He said Meowy without the E. So Maui. He liked to talk a lot. I took It took him all of one day to come in and climb all over my highly allergic father-in-law, who quickly became his favorite person. Aww. My in-laws took him to the vet and tried to make him an indoor cat, but he was having absolutely none of it. <laughs> Instead, Maui came and went as he pleased, spending most of each week with my in-laws, made friends with their dog, Brady, and went for family walks in the foothills every single day, meowing the whole time. <laughs> I love cats so much. And as he was meowing, what he was saying is, I love this. It's so great to get outside. You guys are fun. Those, there's two other families that never leave the house. You guys get the good cat food. That's why I like you the best. Uh, I'm hanging out here. One day on their regular walk, Maui did something he had never, ever done before. He started growling. He crouched down with his hackles fully raised, staring intently at a bush about 10 feet away and made this terrifying, low growling hissing noise. Now, this is an off-leash area and Brady was wandering close to that bush. The way Maui was acting totally freaked my mother-in-law out and she called the dog back. The second the leash clicked on Brady's collar, Maui made the most blood-curdling yowling noise and charged at the bush where a, and this is all caps, fully grown bobcat had been hiding. (gasps) Whoa! Maui, a nine-pound semi-stray house cat, chased this 30-plus pound bobcat (laughs) over a hundred feet, then came prancing back like the little king that he was. Save the dog because he would have gotten the dog because he wasn't. Yeah, he would. Maui lived for another five years or so after this, getting spoiled with cans of wet food. The older he got, the more he stayed with my in-laws until he was basically an indoor cat at their place. He passed away peacefully in my father-in-law's favorite chair, which they still call the Maui chair. Stay sexy and invite the neighborhood cat in for some wet food. It might just save your dog, Rosie. Yes. That is the cutest. No, I love it. Could we please have pictures of Maui? Could we please just see him? (laughs) What if they send us a picture and it's a bobcat? And we're like, oh. (laughs) Guys, guys. Those were, they were relatives. They were having a family quarrel. There was no. No, that's the best. Also, I love those kind of cats that follow you when you walk and don't like flip out and don't go other places or whatever. Like that's that weird. um, I, because cats aren't, pack animals so when they do stuff like that it's like because they I like you that. it's because they yes. legit like you and they know that your dipshits it'll walk right by a bobcat <laughs> bush as if that's your right and privilege when it's not uh watch your back from bobcats <laughs> what a good patch this week what a yeah. good batch the word is batch, batch. patches of batches real good ones what's the word you guys said last night <laughs> <laughs> your niece and i 
what, what was it? When she was stranglers. Yes. You were, she was trying to say stragglers. Yeah. So she goes stranglers, and I go, no, I think you mean what did I say? Strang- no, no, you go, oh no, it is stranglers. And then I, just, I was watching you guys talk about, it, and then I finally like waited for you to be done. And I was like. It's stragglers. It's me and this 13 year old, and I'm telling her the correct word, and I'm totally wrong. And then Karen turns to us and goes, and, and just tells us in the most straight voice. It was very embarrassing. Yeah. That story about those seventh grade girls that you guys were talking yeah. about, they weren't stranglers. They were stragglers. <laughs> it was so in character for me. <laughs> it, was, it was almost like, that wasn't, I wasn't, that wasn't a joke. Um, we socially distanced hang. It was fun. Oh, it was nice. It was so nice. Yeah, because the uh, my family came down as as uh, global warming refugees because North Northern California is on fire, and uh, where they're from, they have fires mm. uh, above, below, and east of them. So it, there was a smoke dome over Petaluma, and then the smoke dome <laughs> fell when the fog came in. So Laura was like, we "We're just inhaling ash and bits of you're they're just coughing, and it was mm. terrible." So they came down here. To Los Angeles, where the air is clear, yeah, that's so crazy, <laughs> Bizarre. and hung out for a week. It was super fun. I love it. We had so much fun yeah, last night. It was great. Um, thanks for writing those in. Send more, guys. My favorite murder at Gmail or on our website. Yeah. Send them there. We, we love them. You're the best. Um, we appreciate it. Stay sexy and don't get murdered. Goodbye, Goodbye. Elvis. You want a cookie? Ah.